Welcome to our first official episode of CGU Grad Student Council Talks. I'm Avalon. And I'm Arlene. In our intro episode, we heard from the executive board of the Graduate Student Council. And if you missed the intro episode, here's a quick recap of what you need to know about our podcast. We talk about CGU and grad school related topics and provide you with information on the many resources available to us as CGU students. We bring on guests from a variety of backgrounds, disciplines, and careers, and most importantly, we are made by and for CGU students. In this episode of Grad Student Council Talks CGU, we are going to talk about COVID-19 and the impact that the pandemic has had on student experiences in graduate school. Avalon, I know that you were a student when the pandemic hit. Do you want to talk a bit about your experience? Yes. So I actually wasn't in graduate school yet when I when the pandemic hit. I was still an undergrad. I actually went to Cal Poly Pomona, which is local if anybody knows where that is. And I was in the very final stages of my bachelor's when the pandemic hit. So I think it was, well, it was in March and I was going to graduate in May. So I was literally just a few months from graduating and we all know how senioritis goes. So I was already pretty exhausted and pretty ready to graduate. And then we went online. And it's still, you know, there's still enough time that like finals hadn't come yet. Papers were still due. There was still a lot of work to be done. So that was, that just changed my whole mindset as a student, on, honestly. Because before the pandemic, I was the kind of student who, you know, like always sat in the front, always raised their hand and asked questions. The professor would know my name, even if there's like 150 students in the class, because I was so annoying, always asking questions, just super involved, staying late after class and like just going out of my way, like a nerd. Everyone always tells me just putting too much effort into school. And I went from that student to then just kind of not paying attention at all. Like it was such a challenge that, one, you know, once we went online to really engage in class and care, I realized that, you know, I, I kind of thought, well, I was a good student in person. I'll be a good student online. It'll, you know, it'll translate. If you're a good student in one place, it'll doesn't really matter where you go. But that is definitely not true. And of course, there's people who thrive online and they do way better in an online setting. But for me, I think partially just because it was so new because I had never been in a class like that before, it just did not work out well for the first like when I first went online. I just found myself not paying attention to class at all, like hardly even like I would log into class. I would be there, but just hardly paying attention, not really taking notes like it just again, it completely changed my like outlook as a student, my view of school, like how much I was putting into it. And definitely the the fact that I was graduating so soon kind of framed that experience because I think if I was you know, if it was if I was starting out or I was right in the middle, it would be a, a very different experience. Like we're going to hear from you soon. Like that was for sure a different experience. But I think just because I already had, you know, stage four senioritis, I was like, <laughs> no, I don't want to do this anymore. And it was it was kind of a, a minute a minute where I had to step back and be like, you know, what kind of student am I? Because I had always, you know, had an identity like my identity was I'm a good student I'm an attentive student I like put in 110 percent and then all of a sudden I'm like doing workouts during class and like half listening to the lecture like not even taking notes like it was such a, a 180 so that was just a really interesting and like strange experience because again it kind of made me question my own like like who am I as a student 
Well, obviously you graduated, so how did you get through it? Do you think that your professors were more lenient or what did you do to motivate yourself to continue engaging in class at least to pass when you were in your final semester? That's a really good question. So I did graduate, thankfully. Um, I think it's a combination of things. I think for sure part of it was that professors were in the same bag as the rest of us, you know what I mean, as the students. They were kind of like, well, this is brand new. I don't even <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing as a professor right now. And they all did like all my professors did such a good job transitioning. But they were definitely, you know, confused and scared and feeling the same things as us. So for sure, they were more lenient. Um, I think partially what got me through was that I was in a research methods class. And obviously, I do research now and I love research. So I think that because I had that research project going on and it was, you know, kind of my senior project, that really motivated me because not only would I not graduate if I didn't finish that class, but I also really love research. Like, of course, that's why I'm here. And that's, you know, that's my passion is doing research. So that's really what motivated me, I feel, to be able to get through and finish my degree because I love research so much. I love my research area and it just really excites me. So I feel like that without that motivation, I, I don't know if I think I still would have graduated, but it would have just been so much harder. But what about you, Arlene? How has your experience been? Because I know that it's been a very different experience for you. You weren't finishing your degree right when or you weren't finishing undergrad right when when COVID hit. So like, what has your experience been like? Yeah. So I am a Massachusetts native who applied to graduate schools for my PhD program located in the warm and sunny parts of the United States. CGU being my final decision, I went there. I moved in 2019. Uh, fall of 2019, I started. I can remember being on campus, surrounded by CGU scholars, listening to Len Jessup, speaking to us as we were incoming during orientation, um, Provost Easton doing the CGU pinning ceremony, all of us turning to one another and putting a pin on each other's shirt. And I had no, obviously, sense that everything I was amped up for and excited to start was going to be cut short of the expectations I went in with. So coming from Massachusetts, I always knew I wanted to live on the West Coast, specifically Southern California, for a time and that doing my PhD there was a perfect opportunity to, you know, temporarily move for a few years. And fast forward to spring of 2020, I was in a class um, – it was a humanities, maybe a digital humanities class. We were actually supposed to make a podcast in there. Um, and I remember sitting in the class and everyone talking about uh, coronavirus and how the other Seven Seas schools were sharing announcements about shutting down. We were right before spring break. And long story short, we left for spring break and then we never went back uh, to campus after that for a very long time. Once everything shifted online, it was a lot of trying to catch up between students not really knowing how to navigate this new Zoom world and professors having to figure out how to adapt courses that were meant to be taught 
on campus to an online format. And at the time, I was working as a student assistant at the School of Arts and Humanities, and they actually asked me to assist professors who needed to shift their courses onto Canvas, onto a online format. Um, And I really helped with a lot of different professors who hadn't really worked with Canvas before. Um, And in that way, I think that there was a lot of adjustments that folks working for the university had to adopt this new online modality. And I think that it was probably beneficial in the long run that folks were put in a position of having to catch up. It was just unfortunate that it happened so quickly and so rapidly that there was no foresight or warning that they would have to be um, adjusting their entire teaching methods and approach to an online format. And I recall being in three-hour-long seminar courses And the Zoom fatigue was really, uh, honestly, it was just so exhausting to be on meeting after meeting, hour after hour. And to be honest, I still feel it quite a bit today because I am operating remotely and I am often in a Zoom marathon, as I describe (laughs) it, where I'll be in back-to-back Zoom meetings. But between getting some blue light glasses and making sure I have my water nearby and a good pair of quality headphones, I feel like the adjustment has also allowed for the opportunity to have flexibility from working from home. Uh, You know, the fact that I have been side by side (laughs) with my mini Australian Shepherd Aussie for now like two years straight has been honestly a really cool gift as well as um, very um, frustrating at times when I see people, you know, going to work and, and leaving the house and I'm sometimes feeling just stuck because grad school is isolating as is. And whereas before I would at least go to the library to be surrounded by other scholars who were wor- working quietly amongst themselves, now it's just very um, empty and quiet sometimes when I'm working from home. Yeah, you know, I I totally relate to what you're saying about Zoom fatigue. Even being in person when I do have the days where pretty much everything is through Zoom, because of course not everything is in person for me, um, it's really exhausting. And it's weird because I've worked full-time jobs before where I'm at the same place, you know, from 8.30 to 5.30. And that's exhausting in its own way, but not in the same way that Zoom is. Like somehow, I guess I went into it thinking, oh, cool. It's like a break. You know what I mean? Especially when I was at the end of school, I'm like, oh, that's not that much longer left. And it'll just be like a vacation. I get to stay home all the time. But somehow I'm not really sure what it is, but like always being on Zoom, as you said, like the marathon, the Zoom marathon, it's a lot more exhausting in my opinion. It really is. And it's, I feel like part of it is kind of seeing yourself in the camera. Somehow I always find myself like adjusting. I don't know if you do this. Yeah. I'll always be like, do I look weird? Am I doing something weird? I don't know. Like I I, I don't like constantly seeing myself and constantly seeing like every other person. I feel like it's kind of overwhelming in a way. I don't know what it is, but it really is exhausting. So I totally relate to, to what you're saying there. It is overwhelming. It's putting a element of required like performance. It just feels more when you're looking out into the world and you're speaking to someone face to face, 
hopefully it doesn't come across your mind as often. Like, what do I look like right now? How do I come across to this person right now? And hopefully you're more present and just like participating in the conversation at hand. But yes, on Zoom, it's just like natural to look at your little square and see what's going on in your, you know, area of the screen. And it's unfortunate because we're all probably fixating on that and getting distracted by ourselves in a way that's not common in real life. Yeah, exactly. Because I've talked about it before that the equivalent would basically be carrying around a mirror while you're having conversations with people. Like, of course, we don't do that. Nobody does that. So exactly like you're saying, even if, you know, your hair is messed up or whatever it might be, you're not thinking about that usually when you're talking to someone. You're just, you know, Mm -hmm. like you said, you're present, you're in the conversation. But with Zoom, it's just a constant reminder. And like, I don't know about you, Arlene, but I blush really easily. I'm very like, I don't know what it is, but I can blush super easily. I always get embarrassed. So if anything happens that like I said something stupid or whatever, I see myself blushing in the picture and I'm like, oh no, stop blushing. Like usually if I know I'm blushing, it's it's not even that bad. But when I see it, then it makes it even worse. So it really is, it's a, it's a very different dynamic and it's nice that we've all had time to adjust to it, but it definitely is, is really not the same as being in person. Yeah. And to go back to something you were saying earlier just about how the Zoom marathons become so exhausting, I think one difference between going to school on campus and going to school online is that with Zoom meetings, it seems that there is never a built-in break. So whereas courses used to be scheduled in such a way that you'd have at least 10 minutes to get across campus – With Zoom, it's just on the hour, every hour. So I move that we start all meetings at quarter past so that everyone gets that 15-minute break to step away from their computer, stretch their legs, and maybe walk a lap or just, you know, grab a drink, do whatever they need to do that they would have had the opportunity to do in person when moving from one space to the next. But when we're moving from one Zoom room to the next Zoom room, unfortunately, there's just this expectation that you'll just literally send that message at the end of this Zoom meeting. Sorry, got to hop off. I have another meeting and then move on to the next one without taking a break. That is so true. That's not something I've thought about before, but I think that definitely has a lot to do with the Zoom fatigue because you'd think, again, you'd think naturally that it's like, well, you don't have to walk from class to class, so it's more relaxing or you won't get as exhausted, I guess, but it's really the opposite because like you said, they're all back to back. So it's just assumed like exactly what you're saying. You just leave one meeting and just jump, jump into the next one. And that's just perfectly fine and normal now. But yeah, we definitely need breaks in between and it does get exhausting even if you're just sitting there and it's not even something you have to contribute too much. Like if it's a lecture and you're just listening, it's still exhausting. You go from one to the next over and over. You're listening to CGU Grad Student Council Talks. Uh, hi all, um, my name is Francis uh, Asenga. I'm a third year PhD student um, majoring in economics, but I'm an interfield PhD student in economics, political science um, at the CGU. I joined CGU uh, in spring 2019. Um, by that time, there was no COVID in place. We had very um, enjoyable life here on campus, and we had um, in-person classes. But uh, 
at the beginning of 2020, um, around March, uh, COVID um, was like spreading very fast across the world. So we had to go offline. Um, when I compare the life before COVID and during the COVID moments, I can see a lot of difference, but uh, I can say we had good time, good moments, but also during the COVID, we experienced a lot of difficulties, but also we had a lot of pluses, uh, like getting connected to each other uh, more than we could do during the uh, in-person classes. Um, Technology-wise, we got some stocks here and there, but at the end of the day, um, we found that there are a lot of advantages of going uh, visual than in-person because we could be able to connect um, ourselves in a more wider network than now, than ever. So, but we thank God that now we are back in person and what is new now? Now we can do hybrid programs where some are in person at the campus like I do, some are remote, so we just connected through hybrid programs. So we are really enjoying and we think that this has improved our network connectivity and collaboration as well. So thank you so much. That's my experience. Hi, my name is Holly Eva. And on the topic of Zoom and on the topic of taking classes on Zoom due to COVID, I would say that perhaps I've enjoyed it more than most people and that I found it more accessible due to the fact that I have a chronic illness and I have shared transportation and scheduling issues. I found that Zoom actually works quite well for me and I've actually really enjoyed taking my classes online. Um, I do study quite well on my own and I find that self-pacing works for me. So personally, I maybe have enjoyed the online environment more than other people. However, I will say that it definitely does affect my uh, social life or my feelings of, am I really connected to other students? So what I've had a lot of luck with is just messaging other students in the chat, emailing other students, and then connecting via text or in person if it's a safe environment to do that. That has really worked well for me and I'm able to feel like I still have a connection with other students by doing that. So overall, I've actually enjoyed Zoom classes. I find that um, during the COVID period, although things were very scary with the pandemic, I have actually enjoyed the flexibility of online classes and that really that connection with other students was the only thing that I had to work a little bit more on in order to really feel like I sort of had that social life with other students. Hi, my name is Krista K. Perino. People call me Krista K. or KK. I'm a cultural studies PhD student and the social media and communication strategist for the GSC. Um, I had a really rough time at the beginning of the pandemic, especially when it came to the transition of online classes. I think I experienced a stage of depression. I think the most difficult part of it was staying motivated and the lack of human interaction. I'm a visual and tangible learner, so everything hit me pretty hard. Um, the pandemic forced me to come up with creative ways to keep myself motivated. I picked up a few hobbies such as watercoloring. Eventually and inevitably, I adapted to all things Zoom and got used to the online flex model. 
So I began my journey here at CGU in fall 2020, and I have yet to have had an actual course on campus. And I'm actually going to finish my coursework in spring before quals, and I will probably be spending all of that on Zoom. And with that being said, um, I think we all know that Zoom fatigue is a very real thing these days, and Zoom has definitely changed my own style of learning in the sense that I feel like I need a lot more breaks than I used to. And I was always a go, go, go kind of person, but now I see that I need to be more structured in my in my learning approach. And now I feel like I need to use a lot of time blockers to plan out my days. And I find myself actually having to pencil in time to take a breather, to eat lunch, to go to the gym, to study. And I didn't need that before. But I think this era of COVID has really brought more attention to the need of mental health awareness. And I'm also a very transparent person. And I also found myself having to go to therapy for the first time in my life. But my top tip to come out of today is quite simple. And that would be to study enough. I've learned that we are more than just a a transcript at this point. And I think in higher ed, it's one of the most challenging moments that we've had. And we all need to learn to pivot and what I will say is to please be not to not be ashamed in setting boundaries and taking time for you. Phone a friend, take a walk, play a podcast, go out to drinks with peers after class. There's only so much time that you can look at a screen before you are burnt out. And also, if you need some more time to write a paper or to turn in an assignment, do not be afraid to talk to your professors, send them an email, and just be upfront and honest. And I think that there's no shame in knowing your limits and what's best for you. And depending on the program that you are in here at CGU, you you will probably be here for at least two or more years. And this is a time to savor you made it, you earned your own spot here. So take the time to stop and smell the roses when you can. One of my favorite phrases that I read recently is self-care is not selfish. And that saying that also goes, you cannot pour from an empty cup is so true. So be proud of yourselves and you didn't come this far just to come this far. You're listening to CGU Grad Student Council Talks. So based on your experience with COVID as a student, what are some of your top tips for succeeding and doing well in school and staying on top of everything during this COVID Zoom world? Yeah, what a great and also challenging question. I would say some of my advice is specific to in the, you know, pandemic COVID context and some of the tips I have are probably the same as I would have said even before COVID hit. Um, But what I would say is in terms of managing and succeeding in graduate school, my number one piece of advice to anyone is to find your network create a network, and don't be shy to reach out to students in your classes, to go meet with your professor during office hours, to attend a campus event or activity, and introduce yourself. If you think about the cycle of students coming to campus, 
every semester there are new people on campus. So naturally, anytime you introduce yourself to someone, they could be in the same boat where they don't know anyone either. Or maybe they've been there for a while and you have a lesson to glean from them from the experiences that they've already had on campus. So I would say introduce yourself. Don't be shy. It is appropriate to send an email to a colleague and say, hey, like, I liked listening to your presentation today in class. It was great. Would you ever want to have a Zoom chat over coffee just to talk about our research? It's appropriate to, you know, go to events and introduce yourself to people. And if you don't feel comfortable in that context, there are resources on campus where you can participate in different professional development opportunities and meet people along the way, such as going to the writing center, going to um, preparing future faculty or the career development office. There's students embedded in all these different offices and resources, so there's always someone new to meet. That is really good advice, and that is so true. I've only been here two months, and I've already met so many people, and it's really just exactly like you said. You meet people that are in the same boat as you, and you would have never known it if you didn't just go up and, and make you know take the leap and introduce yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And on kind of the, I don't know, opposite end of that spectrum, I would say something that I'm working on and something that I encourage people to focus on for themselves is to establish boundaries and to protect those boundaries. So when you're in graduate school, if you're someone who's overachieving, which if you're in grad school, you are. People will ask you to help them out, to join a project, to participate in an event, to do all sorts of things, and we already have very full plates. And so I would encourage you to really prioritize what your goals are, what you need to accomplish, and what service opportunities will really facilitate getting to your goals, and then feeling confident to say, no, thank you, I appreciate the offer, but I can't do that because we can't continue to always fill our desk with too many projects, too many obligations, and not have time to do, like you were talking about earlier, the research we're passionate about and have time to actually excel as students first, which is really the priority while we're in this position. Yeah, that is definitely so true. I think it's easy, especially when you're starting out, to kind of fall into that, okay, I'll do this, I'll do that, I want to try out new things. And, you know, you don't want to hurt anybody. You, I think we're told that it's like, it's almost rude if you don't do it. Or maybe we're not told, but we just think that implicitly that, you know, we have to do this thing to help somebody out. But exactly like you said, we have very full plates. And if you keep working on everything else, the things that are going to suffer are, like you mentioned, the things that really matter to you, which is your research, your coursework, the most important things. So that's very true. That healthy boundaries are super important in grad school and just in life. How about you, Avalon? What is your number one tip for succeeding in graduate school during the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, as a new graduate student, I think it's <laughs> it's difficult to say how to succeed as a graduate student since I'm just starting out. But I would say just more broadly, like I feel like this is true of just being a student in general and pretty much life also. One thing I've learned through COVID is that things are literally never gonna go as they planned like or as you plan no matter how meticulously you plan things out something's not gonna go the way you want I promise you something's not gonna go the way you want so I think my biggest tip is to know that going into it and kind of even if you have like you know if your goal is to finish your PhD 
you can do that, do that. But I'm saying, you know, with the very specific goals and, you know, how you want things to go, it's never going to be perfectly the way you want it. Nobody thought the world was going to be hit with a pandemic and then everyone's going to have to go online. That just was not on anybody's radar. You know what I mean? And we all had to kind of adjust and figure out, okay, well, what do I do with this new challenge? So I think that what's important and what I've learned is to go into things with the mindset that I don't know how this is going to turn out or I don't know where I'm going to end up, but I, you know, I'm, I'm ready to kind of hit the ground running and not just get stuck behind, you know, and not get so distracted by not getting what I wanted. Like, for example, I, like I mentioned, I didn't get into any PhDs at first. The last one I got into was CGU and I kind of thought, I'm not going to get into CGU. Like, I, I don't know why I just had that in my mind. So I actually thought I was not going to be going to graduate school. And I was super bummed, but I was actually already planning my next move. Like, okay, what am I going to do instead? How am I going to get a job or what kind of job do I want to get? And just trying to be strategic because I think I really learned that through the through the pandemic, as I mentioned, that it's never going to go the way you planned it to. So just have that in mind. And if it does go the way you planned it to, that's great. But most of the time it's not. So I think that's what's most important and or that's the most important lesson I've gleaned from the pandemic. And the best tip I can give is, yeah, just to kind of be light on your feet and know things are going to change and that's okay. And it doesn't have to be exactly how you planned. That's great. And that's so applicable to grad school, even pre-pandemic. It's like you may have the best intentions to go in one direction and everything can flip-flop. For example, being too tied to one research topic or interest can limit you from doing something new and innovative and great, and that's something that we learn in grad school. You know, we're here to get an education to be changed, so I think that if you're too tied to the ideas you're coming in with, you're not going to evolve and and grow as you would if you are, like you said, light on your feet and able to adapt to the circumstances and opportunities that present themselves. Yeah, exactly. Because I think we we get a picture in our mind that we want things to go this way and we just, you know, we just get stuck to it. It's like, this is what I'm working towards. I want this to happen. But in reality, we can't see it at the time. But if we had a bird's eye view, we'd be able to see that a lot of times the way we want things to go are actually (laughs) that wouldn't have been good for us at all. And a lot of times I think we can look back in the past and think, wow, I wanted that thing so badly. And if I would have gotten it, that would have sucked actually. You know what I mean? Like that wouldn't have been good for me at all. But you can't see that in the moment. So I think that I try to like remind myself of that and look into the future and think, okay, maybe I really want this thing now. I want things to go this way now. But that might not always be the case. And that might actually not be best for me. So I think it's it's hard because we have our goals. We have our ambitions. We have things in mind that we just want it to happen that way. But it's good to have a more, I guess, like a step out of yourself for a second and think, okay, it's it's going to be okay if I don't get this thing. It's actually going to be okay if it doesn't go this way. So yeah, that's my my sage advice that I can offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also just want to add a comment that graduate school post-course work is so isolating. And I think that the pandemic actually highlights the fact that 
when you are working on qualifying exams or you're working on your dissertation and you're in a more remote status of education, that it is so isolating. And I think that if anything, the pandemic may have helped us to spotlight that and recognize that there need to be other support services to students post-coursework to help them facilitate working groups and workshops and peer feedback groups so that they're able to engage with other scholars because that's part of the amazing growth that we get at CGU is being part of a scholarly community. And in post-coursework, I feel like sometimes that drops off a bit and it really should be the time when we lean into that network. Yeah, definitely. That's not something I have experience with yet, but I could definitely imagine that once you're not going to classes and you're just working on your research, it would definitely be super isolating, like you're just on your own. So yeah, I never even thought about that, but that's a really good point. And that actually transitions us into one of the last things I wanted to mention today, which are some of the resources we wanted to leave you all with because we didn't want to just talk about how tough it's been during the pandemic and then just leave it there. So we wanted to supply you with some of the resources because that's what this podcast is all about. Um, Some of the resources that are available to you as a CGU student. So the first resource I wanted to highlight is MCAPS and Arlene is going to tell us a little more about that. Yeah, Monster Counseling and Psychological Services is a great resource available to CGU students. And whether you're in state or out of state, they can help facilitate connecting you with a professional to do talk therapy, behavioral therapy, and to get the assistance and help and support that you may be seeking. They also offer different programming for students to participate in different therapy groups or group chats. Uh, So definitely check out the CGU events calendar for other MCAPS programming. Perfect. Thank you. And the other one we wanted to mention was the Center for Writing and Rhetoric. And Arlene, why don't you tell us your affiliation with them because you are definitely the expert here and tell us a little bit about that resource as well. Thanks, Avalon. Yes, I work at the Center for Writing and Rhetoric. I am a consultant and I'm also the program coordinator this year. I knew I wanted to work at the Center for Writing and Rhetoric like before I applied to CGU because I just really value the work that writing centers do on university campuses. And I have said it before and will say it here. I think that the CWR uh, consists of a lot of the unsung heroes of CGU. The resource provides students an opportunity to work one-on-one with consultants to workshop their projects, you know, presentations, papers, whatever you have to work on. And also, we offer a lot of events that allow students to get together and have that community building opportunity while working through projects through dissertation boot camps, writing retreats, write in studios, uh, and various events where you can have concentrated writing time alongside many of your colleagues. And then they also have workshops, webinars, a Canvas page, lots of resources to help you throughout the different writing projects that you'll have to do as a grad student. Because when we get to grad school, everyone expects us to know how to write well, but rarely do we get the lessons to teach us how to do it. All right, and make sure you tune in to the next episode of CGU Grad Student Council Talks. We'll be talking about the Center for Writing and Rhetoric at length, so make sure you turn in, tune into that one. 
Thanks again for tuning in from Studio B3 at Claremont Graduate University. This has been CGU Grad Student Council Talks.